Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm gently placing the tiny plaster onto the back of Ian's head. Emma, not Kieran and Andrew style, may I add. <laughs> You're not causing havoc. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just hoping that Isaac comes ho ho hoing down my chimney this Christmas. Connor! <laughs> So, what we got coming up this week, Emma? So, this week we will have your usual roundup and we play a Christmas game of Guess Who? I'm so excited, <gasps> I love Guess Who. But first, here's the Christmas jingle. That's Christmas sharing Brookville's heart And the very next day, Martin took Keanu away this year to save us from tears we're praying for no dark martin ian's beaten but will he die mick keeps his distance ruby continues to lie but tell me darling did you really do it well you can't put us your bit of a misfit merry christmas martin wrapped it up and said it with a no saying, I love Stacey meant it. Now we know what a fool we've been. But if they kiss now, we know they'd fool us again. Last Christmas, Linda shot Keanu's arm. And the very next day, Keanu flew away. This year, to save us from tears, we're praying for no dark Martin. We want to say a big thank you to anyone who has sent in anything for Band-Aid E20. If you haven't already, the deadline is going to be the 29th of December, and that is to e20podcast at outlook.com with the subject heading Band-Aid E20. And remember, you can send in as many lines as you like. And the Redwater Awards, you've got one final chance to vote for those as we are going to be recording them very very soon so if you could get your votes in before the 27th of december that would be great so ian's out of hospital he was on death's door then he wasn't on death's door then he was on death's door now he's wandering free with a little plaster on the back of his head do you know emma medical science is just marvel isn't it (laughs) back in our day we had to have our lanterns and nothing else to get us through those dark times. But Ian, who has serious brain trauma, so serious that he flatlined not once, but three times, <laughs> yet is fine to leave the hospital within a week well, and has a plaster on the back of his head. Do you know why he's fine? Because Ash shined that light in his eye. There you go. There you go. Do you know what it's a bit like? Do you remember that? Like, probably won't, but like, I wonder if you do. It was like someone with his magic torch. It was like a cartoon. And he had like this little magic torch. Oh, I don't know. Is it Jamie? 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 Jamie and his magic torch. Yeah, it's from the 80s, right? But my teacher used to play that for us because she was obsessed with it as a kid. And it was very strange. 
but um, it was basically just like this kid who could like shine a torch on on like any surface, right? And it opened a portal. Oh my god! I I'm wonder. Google it. I wonder if Ash has a magic torch too. Well, this not sound really weird of putting Jamie and his magic torch in. <laughs> oh, there, Jamie and the magic torch. Thankfully, I love that Emma's, not like Emma's, some sort of dodgy stuff. It's an actual TV series. <laughs> Emma's doing our research. Just looking up Jamie and his magic torch. <laughs> oh, Jamie! Yeah, it's Jamie. Real. It was on ITV in oh. Um, nineteen seventy six to nineteen seventy nine. A little bit older than what I thought. <laughs> Guys, listen, I might look fifty seven, but I'm not actually fifty seven, okay? <laughs> I'm actually three hundred years old. Sustained by dramatic performances upon EastEnders. <laughs> well what happened was Stuart hurt him and put him in the freezer and he's been there all this time and we've just got Connor Preserve. out. Yeah. yeah. I've been preserved. Cryogenics. <laughs> I mean, I just love the like magic of like warfare general. Like literally, as I've already said, Ian was dying. Ian had a bleed on the brain and flatlined three times. Like that is like serious. People with that sort of brain trauma have to wear a flipping crash helmet and those special glasses normally. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he's just like, I've got a bandage. We've got a bandage. <laughs> he's doing that because he's too afraid that's going to mess up his hair, isn't he? I think he's doing that because he saw Phil with one last year and he quite liked the look. <laughs> and he's went, I want a bit of that. And also, you've got to think, they are that magical, that Martin Fowler, I say this all the time, got hit by a bus. Yeah, survived. And a fire extinguisher. And look yeah. at the way he just walked out of there. I just, I just love that. Like, they've just allowed this man who's just been seriously assaulted by an unknown assailant to just check himself out and go home. <laughs> just go back to the scene of the crime. Yeah, and not only that, they also, right, they also allowed that man, that same man who just had serious brain trauma, marry someone. Like, no, <laughs> no one said anything. Like, this man might have, like, brain damage. Nah, nah. Imagine Ellie from the bin, you know, um, Raymond's grandmother, she could have been in there and been like, I'm his wife. Like, she literally could have. <laughs> well, I mean, they did let Denise and Phil just sit with Raymond, so... I mean, they did. Come on. Well, then again, Warfare General had, like, the entire Beale family and half the Mitchells in the uh, the room with him. I know. Like, it was un- it's unreal, like, their, their procedure. Ash- Ashes should be ashamed. She <laughs> should be ashamed. Yes, she might have a magic torch that can fix brain damage, but come on. We've got serious COVID out there now and a second, a new strain. So come on, Ash, sort it out. They've let Ian go home, like you said, and mm. he even says that he's asked for, like, protection and no one's gave him it. And they've just no let one's him, him it. get behind. But then again, he's getting himself behind the bar again. <laughs> but still apparently terrified. I mean, he's got to be one of the most well-adjusted, traumatised people I've ever seen. <laughs> Like, he's like, I was so traumatised, but I've got to come back here. I've got to go to work. <laughs> I've got to go to work. He's a dedicated man, him. He's a dedicated... People Pillar in this the community. Country, they don't know how much work he puts in. And it just reminded me, like, of this whole thing of him just checking out with that bandage on his head. It reminded me of, like, high school. You know, like, where, like, you could have the most serious injury. Oh, yes. You could, you could literally have been maimed, right, by, like, 
a, a, a runaway machine or something like that. You could be crushed underneath a pillar and yet you still wouldn't get home. Oh, no. No, you, no. You wouldn't get home and you would just get a wet paper towel on it. That's it. Wet paper towel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why she's handing me them wet paper towels when I'd been sick. Like, <laughs> that's wet paper towels. Do you remember if you said you had been sick and they'd be like, mm, I don't know, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what they used to do? They used to be like, well, why don't you just sit over there? Just sit over there and wait. Wait in the freezing cold pavilion, right? Like, because they never shut them doors. Oh, you know, They never freezing. shut those doors into the actual, like, the block, the, the the area of the school. They never shut those doors. So you just had the blowing gale force winds from outside flowing straight into you. Well, if I wasn't sick before, I am now. <laughs> I used to love that. Honestly. Do you, do you want to just, just wait there and we'll see how you go? And if you're fine by the, like break time or whatever, then you can go back to lessons. If not, I might try and call your parents. If they couldn't get through once, that was it. Oh, I love that, yeah. I love that. Be like, no one's answered. <laughs> well, that doesn't fit the, the point, does it? I'm still ill. <laughs> like, I'm not just... How crazy is that? When is it okay? That attendance comes before help. <laughs> don't know. You might have no arms. You might have no arms and be bleeding to death. But you're going to sit in that geography classroom now. We need them flipping heads. We need them numbers on that spreadsheet. <laughs> Just to have all the medical knowledge in the world to tell you that you were totally fine. <laughs> Do you remember? So be like, uh, well, no one's answered. So I think it's probably best you just go back to your class. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's not for you to see. You're imagine, a receptionist. Imagine walking back in a class, though, like, you've gone out because you've not been well, and if you yeah. think you're getting sent home because your teacher, bear in mind, your teacher has rang them and sent you down to yeah. go home, and you waltz back in like, I'm not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once being sent home because by one of our teachers, who actually happened to be our head of year at the time, um, he sent us home because I'd, I'd been ill in his class, Um I came in the next day and my English teacher was like giving us a hard time. We're not being in. She was like, well, I found out that you were in the school before <laughs> and then before my lesson. And I was like, well, yes, because I was ill. And I think you'll find our head of year sent me home. So unless I've somehow co-opted the head teacher into this scheme of skiving <laughs> off. Like, what are you insinuating, you crazy person? This is what's insane, isn't it? Maybe attendance, attendance comes before anything. Anything. <laughs> I feel like that's what's happened with Ian. I feel like he got brain trauma, right? And I was just like, yeah, but Ian, Ian, the numbers of attendance in that pub, they're not on. So, you know, you've only been there about 6% of the time. Get back behind that Get bar. Get back to work. Honestly? <laughs> Back on track. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you all enjoy our rants. Good night. <laughs> That's just done. Um, yeah. Back on track. It's not really clean sailing for the rest of the Beals either, because after Bobby's, it's all my fault confession, and then the discovery that actually it wasn't his fault. He just has OCD. Kathy's decided she's going to sit down with her grandson and finally have a chat to him. Well, I mean, Kathy, it's only been like, what, six months since this whole thing started. And like literally now, now you are noticing. Well, even okay. Peter says that. He's like, well, where have you been? Like, 
I'm, yeah. the, I'm the only one who's talked to him and yet you're having to go at me. I mean, I would love to say that Kathy was busy, but I have to be honest. I didn't see her doing much. <laughs> I yeah. have to be honest. We haven't seen she her had... doing anything. She's not been in the Albert for a long time. No, she goes in and in and out. She'll just yeah, check she everything's, everything's all right. And off she goes. You know what she is? She's a micromanager. I hate micromanagers. <laughs> I hate micromanagers. She's one of them. <laughs> she just comes in to snoop to see if you're doing bad, doesn't she? <laughs> Bet she was rubbing her hands with glee when Tina, uh, you know, got blamed for all the Ian stuff because she's like, now I've got to actually get rid of that phone. <laughs> Been wanting it for ages. <laughs> I've been waiting for my opportunity. I loved when she said um, to Bobby, like, well, we need to have a talk because it mm. is a bit weird that you did confess to something you haven't done. And I thought, well, I feel like he's got that off Cindy. I feel like yeah. he watched that all unfold. She was really nervous and he sat, he was sat there like, but Cindy, it was me. And it's she's like... <gasps> Oh my god! <laughs> it's like it's me. Oh no, it's not me. <laughs> I did love when she was like, "It's not. It's not just about the corona, is it?" I and know. I was like, "They mentioned my god, it. Someone's actually mentioned it. Yay! It's only been what, like four months. <laughs> four months since the returns, and they've now decided to mention the coronavirus. Because they've been mentioning, like, at first they didn't mention it at all. They just mentioned being locked down. The virus. The virus. Like, oh my god! And then the virus. Oh my god! Now we're not even getting coronavirus. We're not getting COVID nineteen. We're getting its nickname. We're getting Corona. We're getting Corona. Yeah. We're getting Mrs. Corona. Yeah. <laughs> we're not actually getting it, getting it. We're not We're not infected, guys. <laughs> I realised the way that I said that there. I made it sound like that. <laughs> well, she's got, a, she's got an expert in this. She's got an expert on hand. Don't you worry, guys. I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> I, turned, I did that thing again where soon as I turned and I'm like... Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. Who is there? <laughs> Don't you worry, invisible Connor friend. Don't you worry. <laughs> Look what lockdown's done. Don't you worry. Kathy has got the perfect person to come help Bobby, hasn't she? Well, it's only the corrupt pillar of this community. It's Callum. I did love it a little bit because I was like, oh, it's like family time. <laughs> you know, like that, that bit, like, she's like, Callum, can I can I speak to you? I was like, oh, it's like cute. It's like when my mom or like my grandma like socialises with Ross outside of like our relationship. Yeah, I find it kind of like you. I'm like, oh, you like him too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just it's just something that happens inside my head. I'm like, yeah, oh. but it's like, oh, yay, the seal of approval on him. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. that, and I was like. Oh, Callum's got the seal of approval. Don't yeah. know that he's got enough, you know, experience with psychology to to be advising Bobby on anything. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I did love it as well because then Callum goes in. Brief mention of his time in the army. We all, we all, we all love that, don't we? We all love those <laughs> casual little drop-ins. Well, I was in the army, you know. He's one of those people, right, who never lets you forget that he did something. Oh did yes. He? You know, like I did go to that concert, you know. I was at I saw Alan Carr live, you know, like that sort of person. <laughs> and um, he mentions the PTSD that one of the other soldiers suffered from, and I'm like, literally, you love teasing all of us East Centers fans because we were all like, 
when that whole Bobby thing started where he was having hallucinations, we were like, yes, Callum's going to come out with a PTSD storyline. He's going to be, like, you know, traumatised by what happened with, like, Keanu and almost dying. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Corrupt police officer it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the DI has spoken. <laughs> and after his little chat with Callum, well, Kathy's furious. She finds out Peter knew all about this and didn't say a word. Absolutely disgusting. And he decides to tell her, well, at least he was speaking to Bobby because where's she been? And... He reminds her, well, he, what he is enjoying. He is enjoying Bobby's misery. <laughs> Which is a bit dark. Which is <laughs> odd. Um... I loved it because he says this, doesn't he? He goes, because he killed my twin sister. And then like shouts it in the street. <laughs> and like, you know, I wanted Kathy to be like, yes, I know. <laughs> but, because it is true, though, like, he did actually murder Peter's <laughs> twin sister and everyone acts like it's nothing. Yeah, they do. Like, if anyone has a re- legit reason to not like Bobby, it is Peter. I know. And my favourite part was like a few weeks ago when Kathy was like, I know, but he's trying. Yeah, <laughs> like, what the trying. Hell? Trying what? <laughs> he murders someone. <laughs> Listen, I am, we are all about giving Bobby second chance right we all we've given him a second chance we have forgiven what he has done to lucy i mean to be fair she wasn't all lucy so it's all right yeah but we we've we've forgiven what he did to lucy right but that doesn't mean that peter has to forgive no. <laughs> like anyone who doesn't want to forgive someone for murdering their sibling is well within their right to not forgive I love the holding against Peter. Yeah, like, you know what like, you freak. Why don't you like him? <laughs> <laughs> He's not one of us. <laughs> well, my favourite part came before any of that ever. My favourite part was when Kathy storms into the Vic, starts going ballistic at Peter. Peter's like, turns it instantly around on her and Ian. I love and that. And just says to Ian, this is all your fault. And I was like, How? <laughs> Like, and how much are we blaming Ian for? Are we blaming him for Corona, the financial crash, rising tensions in the Middle East? What's happening? What are we blaming him for? What has he done? I feel like it's like the the bit where, like Frank said to um, Little Mo, you've <laughs> probably ruined, ruined the whole, the of, whole my of my life. I feel like it was like that moment all over again. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's all your fault. You... You have done this. Do you ever do that to him again? <laughs> I just love everything's Ian's fault. Everything. Climate, Everything. Global warming. <laughs> if it's not the age 57, it's Ian Beale's fault. I mean, this. Tina should just blame Ian, shouldn't she? <laughs> I love it, right? Because as Pia, as he's saying, he storms off outside. They have this huge flipping family spat like in the square, which is just everything, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, um, he killed my twin sister. Yeah. You've been gone for how many years? And he stole from his favourite. Yes, his favourite. He said it. <laughs> da- dead daughter. <laughs> I loved it. It was like a proper, like, Maury, Jerry Springer, Jeremy Kyle moment where like the... 
someone comes out and just totally trashes their family. I just love this whole scene. And I loved, loved the bit where, like, Pierre goes, I watched him suffer every day. And I loved it. And then Kathy's like, <laughs> she's like a little bit disturbed. She's like, that's sick, Peter. And I was like, to be fair, Peter, it is a little bit sick what you've just said. I was with you when you said he killed your twin sister. I'm not sure I'm with you now. I was I was with you back then. <laughs> and I mean, don't we have a bit of a confession? Because for Christmas, Connor got me a mug that says, I killed Lucy. <laughs> See, it wasn't, it wasn't Bobby Pierre. It wasn't Bobby, it was Emma. <laughs> oh, it's a red heron. And because you bought me it, you did it. Ooh. It's actually me. <laughs> Yes, we exchanged Christmas gifts earlier and uh, yes. my I Killed Lucy mug, I got a fantastic bag that <laughs> has a picture of Ian Beale crying on that says, I have nothing left. <laughs> I also got to open my digital present because the the, the physical present's on its way. Oh, I know. Um, only me. The- only me. I could order from Australia in the middle of a pandemic at Christmas. <laughs> it's on its way. Don't you worry. Santa, Santa slays on its way. And the the present, the digital present was just everything. I can't even stress how much I loved it. It had like all of our favourite quotes, you know, like, want to go for a ride, Emma? <laughs> or never to E20, never to dealer, never to E20. Like, you know, <laughs> all of those quotes, all our favourite quotes of the year. Memories are perfect. <laughs> and I started the present off with... To Connor, oh. I give you memories, the good and the bad. And the bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bit where we were like, but really, just the good ones, because we've never had a bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> and it's full I, of uh, different pictures of us and EastEnders and all sorts. I think really, Emma, you don't need to feel bad about the present, you know, being on its way, because... I know who to blame. I know who to blame. It's Ian. Oh, it's yes. all Ian's fault. Oh, it's, it's all, all his fault. Ian. Goodness sake, honestly, man, Ian. Honestly, Emma, he's, he's at it again. He's, he's ruining, ruining this year. Oh, ruining actually. Year. Sorry, Ian. I don't think it was you. I've just realised. My postman. He's 57. Oh, that'd be what it is. Yeah. I'll be why. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That'll be what it is. And that's a good excuse. I did love the next bit as well, back if we're getting back on track, where Peter is just just about wrapped up his ranting. <laughs> um, and is is just now laying all the blame, all the blame, because everything was Ian's fault. Everything <laughs> was Ian's fault. But now it's all Kathy's fault, according to Peter. It's all her fault. It's all started with you. <laughs> it's just her being in her death led to all this. It's like a chain reaction. You know when it all started with her, I didn't know if he meant like because she gave birth to Ian and then <laughs> oh, then Ian had his however many wives yeah. and they had them. It was like one of those, well, I wouldn't be here. It's all your fault. <laughs> it's all 
Kathy's fault. <laughs> it all started with you. <laughs> I love it. You know, like how uh, there's that theory about the butterfly effect where if you go back in time and damage something or kill a bug or something, it's going to like ripple through into the future and destroy like what you know. Well, I think Peter's onto something. I think this is the Kathy effect. <laughs> I think someone went back in time. That's someone being Kathy. And I think she sat on a moth or something <laughs> in the prehistoric times. And that, that is what led to all of these things going wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's the only explanation, Emma. It's the only explanation that I will accept. I <laughs> <laughs> love everything she's doing. She's sat on a moth. Yeah. Maybe that's deja vu. What a weird oh. thing to have deja vu of. See, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Kathy's messing up with the timeline. That's why I must remember these <laughs> memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it because then, like, Peter gets really hilarious. And then all of a sudden, Ben out of nowhere, like, throws him. Throws him across the street. And then all from seeing Peter go and fall gracefully to the floor. Yes. And Ben stand over him. Ian gets a flashback. <gasps> oh, they're loving the flashbacks, aren't they? Well, I have some things to say. I love a good flashback every now and again. I'm not sure I'm keen on 25 flashbacks in like the no. space of three episodes. Yes, <laughs> I'm I, with you. I like the occasional one where we see what they've been up to. But I, I would quite like a flashback episode instead. Yes. Oh, yes, like, like the Linda one. Yeah, like really loved that one. Um, do you remember when we done Who Killed Lucy and that was like the lead up on the live? I want like I that. Have... Yeah, that's better. I prefer that to like these little snippet shots of like you know rainy with a flickering, <laughs> flickering lighter. <laughs> it's always and, like, a lighter, Ian, and they always Ian's give me on the floor. <laughs> they always give me Derek flashback. <laughs> <laughs> it was him. It was Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I just, the flashback moment with Ian was just everything. It was like, <gasps> it was like, he could see into the past, past, past. <laughs> For those of you too young to remember, I'm referencing Raven. That's Raven. So That's Raven. Raven. I could see into That's the future. So future. <laughs> it's the past that he can see. That's so weird. So it's no mystery to him. <laughs> so naturally, when you've just had a vision of your brother standing over you, standing in the wrong position to be standing over you if he's just beating you in the head. But when you say that, <laughs> what do you do, Emma? Do you eh, speak to him and find out what he actually did that night? What do you be? Phone the police. Oh, well, if I was Ian, mm. I would obviously go for the uh, obvious option of B. Yeah. 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 So naturally, that doesn't work out for Ian. Because, <laughs> as I already pointed out, when he had his vision, Ben was standing in front of him. So he hardly flipped and smashed him out of the back of the head, did he? <laughs> Unless he somehow teleported in front of him like Nightcrawler from X-Men. Like, you know, that's a secret power, Ben's secret power. You can teleport everywhere. <laughs> I just love it. Like, it was supposed to be... And they're like, well, they didn't find any evidence, Ian, because I didn't hit you. They found an old wrench and it didn't fit your wound. 
And I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense, Ian. That was silly to just suddenly burn the bridge entirely between you and your brother, who's also like a gangster and his dad is also a gangster. Like, do you not think it's a bit dangerous? If you think a gangster's trying to kill you, what do you do? Do you just leave? Or do you antagonise that gangster more? Oh, well, um, hmm. again, thinking like Ian, yeah. it's the obvious answer of uh, B again. Yeah, antagonise them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's going to work out great for him. And it worked out all the other times. And I have to say, Suki was doing what we all do. She was just pretending to do work outside while listening in, watching. I mean, she couldn't have been more obvious. And then, oh, you've got another admirer. And there's a bullet in an envelope. I love that. Who's been watching Peaky Blinders? Come on. Come on. Which of the writers has been watching it? I know it's a BBC production. Come on. Come on. Confess it. It's all right. Because I tell you what, that scene of a bullet in an envelope was taken straight out of the Peaky Blinders. I'm surprised it didn't have his name written on it. With with only one eye. Not the extra eye. Not not the extra eye. That would be awkward. <gasps> Plot twist. It's been Ian with the extra eye all along. <laughs> there can be only one Ian. <laughs> he's sick of being Ian with the extra eye. <laughs> oh, it was the Irish guy because he saw <laughs> he saw the videos he sent to Frankie. <laughs> it could be because I tell you what, that man, that man's intimidating. Do you know what? I'm not, I'm not even talking Emma the other day, right? I'm just doing me dishes. Just yeah. doing me dishes. And I just hear... And I think, oh, someone at the window. No, no, I turn around. He's actually inside my house. He's just to be polite. And he just says, I saw, I saw the video to sent Frank. <laughs> and I'm not impressed, neither is she. I was like, oh, God, sorry. God. Didn't realise I'd sent those again. Oh, not again. I've told well, you. I can't help it. Can't help it. Don't you just keep them on your OnlyFans? No, but Emma... She really needed to see them. I mean, I just love, I love the idea that someone like took took the effort, right, to get an envelope, put a bullet in, then slip that envelope into like the vinery and stuff that's on the next to the vicar's net. It's just like slipped it near all of that stuff, like decorative things. And then, then I said she. I don't know why I'm presuming it's a she. <laughs> slipped it in there. God, I know who it was. I know who it was, really. It was Emma. It was me. They slip it in. I'd done it and for him. In all of that time, they were never concerned that someone else would come along and take that envelope. Because that's yeah. real. And also, when did they put it there? Did they put it there before they all ran outside? Did they put it there while they ran outside? How long's it been there? It's always been there. It's always been there, Emma. It's part of the Vic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the one passing it was actually, it didn't have anything on the envelope. And someone thought, oh, we'll have a look what's in there. <laughs> Let's put Ian's name on it. <laughs> yeah, what they thought was, it's actually someone else's mail. It's yeah. someone else's mail, but they just didn't have the address on. So the postman was like, well, I think it's probably for the Vic. So I'll just write Ian mail <laughs> on. And then just posted it. <laughs> if you saw an envelope with Ian's name on it, outside the Vic on some flowers. Wouldn't you just go, knock, Ian, this has been left outside for you? Yeah, no one did that as well. <laughs> they really all hate him there, don't they? They're like, I'm not even going to tell him that he's got mail outside. 
<laughs> it's the ultimate. That'll really mess them up. It's <laughs> <laughs> how you know you hate it. Yeah. <laughs> when they keep your parcels. <laughs> keep your parcels and your envelopes. <laughs> really, what he doesn't know is that what was actually in there was like a couple of grand from uh, Jane and the divorce. And then someone just was like, oh, just take that. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll, they did. What? Maybe someone took the money and swapped it. <laughs> well, I also thought about the bullet and I was like, Maybe it's Jane, like, giving him a memento. Because remember, she was shot by Stephen. <laughs> so maybe she was like, just remember the good times. <laughs> remember me, bye. <laughs> yeah, because obviously she's off. She's off now. She's living her best corona life. <laughs> getting that admin done. Yeah, she's getting all that done. Been meaning to send this to Ian for years. <laughs> Pop that in. <laughs> well, it's serious, though. Because... Maybe Ben's not out of the woods, as out of the woods as he thinks. Because whilst Ben and Ian were having their little convo, and Suki was obviously eavesdropping right into it, a plan came into her head, didn't it, Emma? It did. Let's blackmail! (laughs) And while she blackmails Ben, Kirat blackmails Peter, what has Peter been up to? He has some evidence. And apparently, all we know is Ian deserved it, whatever it is. So as we've just mentioned, it's uh, Ben versus Suki. And, well, it just takes us back to last year when the Panazars kidnapped Lola. They were... Blackmailing Ben. Ben was blackmailing them. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was thinking, memories. <laughs> Hashtag memories are perfect. <laughs> I mean, honestly, how nostalgic was that moment when Kira was talking about how, you know, Jags kidnapped Lola. Had I watching a bit of daytime TV. Remember in that warehouse? <gasps> God. And, then, and then Ben blackmailed Martin. Remember that? Oh, no. Don't want to remember oh, no. that. Because then what happened? No! No! He became Dark Martin! No! So as you can imagine, a little trip down memory lane for us was a trip down Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but having nightmares. I'm like Raymond. I'm having those nightmares. Oh, not again. What you need is a nice peaceful night's sleep like Ian had on that Vic floor. I fancy doing that tonight. Can I just say, like Suki, with her CCTV, that just miraculously caught the the Vic, right? (laughs) I'm not even sure how that's physically possible. I'm not even sure how that's physically possible. I know that, so it rotates clearly, right? But the way that Ben would have left the Vic is at an angle anyway. Yeah, so, I was thinking because they're would, so close next door that wouldn't it just miss off that, that yeah, bit? Yeah, it would just look like he's coming out the corner. Yeah. There would be no way of it absolutely be like, yeah, he's been in the Vic. Because you could say he's been in the shop. Yeah, <laughs> all round the corner. they just come round. Well, I love it anyway because it totally gives us like Crime Watch vibes. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. when they used to do that Crime Watch where it'd be like, and here's the CCTV footage of the robbery. <laughs> and it'd be like, the most harrowing scenes you've ever seen of like balaclava men like breaking into like a bank or something. You're like, eat so tragic, isn't it? And then you get older and you realize it's not that tragic. <laughs> They're insured. 
Do you remember? I think my favourite part of Crime Watch will always be the reconstructions. Oh, the reconstructions. (laughs) Love a reconstruction. Now that's a flashback I like. That's a flashback I like. And then they'll be talking in between. (laughs) Yeah, the the murderer murderer was sat in the bushes outside. And he's just sat there like this. Why did they always go to like the beginning of their day? They'd be like, I woke up at 6.42. <laughs> and I had cornflakes and uh, a bit of orange juice, finished my coffee and got back to work. And then I remember thinking to myself, that it's was a suspicious. funny sort of day. Because <laughs> I don't normally day. drink coffee, coffee and orange juice together. And I thought... Maybe something's something's not quite right today. Something's going to go wrong today. I love when they all suddenly become clairvoyant. They do. They? Like, some, they've always saw something that just yeah. it didn't seem right. They've done something a bit different to usual. Yeah. Like maybe they passed a red car rather than a blue car that they normally pass. And they thought, well, that's, that's suspicious. And they were also heading in the same direction. But they didn't think anything of it until yeah. later on. I remember thinking... I could have sworn I locked my doors when I went to bed. And then all of a sudden I woke up and there was a random man standing over us with a machete. Like, honestly, the reconstructions were just everything, weren't they? The oh, way God. they talked over it as well, as if it was the most calmest thing in the world. Like, and the three armed men just took me by my arms and held me at gunpoint. In the background, you hear, ah, ah. Yes! <laughs> but they're really calm. And though it was terrifying, I was sort of peacefully reserved. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet confidence that everything was going to be all right. I suppose it's the British way, isn't it? Money, money, money. It's so funny when Suki wants it. She just wants all the cash, doesn't she? Well, she wants 10 grand to begin with. That's the new 100. But then I feel like Suki... She's done us a favour. She's listened to the podcast. She knows she knows how much. We love 100 grand. And she ups it. She ups it to 100 grand. I love it because literally he hands her the 10 grand, right? And then she, she goes, no. <laughs> There's not enough in there. How about 100? <laughs> She's like the worst trick-or-treater in the world, isn't she? She's like... I think you can find. I'll have some more chocolates. <laughs> like that's what she's like, isn't she? Imagine her knocking at your door. You'll be flipping. Your bowl will be empty by the time you leave. I love hey. how then, because Ben's told uh, Phil about it, they get Kathy in to be a fake alibi, which is bizarre. bizarre. <laughs> I love it because like Phil's like, he's going to need an alibi. He's going to need an alibi. I could give him one, but my word doesn't come for anything. But people like you, people like, sorry, people like what? <laughs> How is Kathy any different to anyone else on the square? Bear in mind, Kathy is a convicted liar since she faked her death. I don't know that that's going to go down well with the police. Where Kathy Beale? Oh yes, said you were dead. Said you were dead. Oh no, I faked it. It was all an insurance scam. All right, so your words basically for nothing. Yeah, I think. Why don't you ask someone like Jay? Oh well, actually no, because he's he's also got a criminal record. Lola. <laughs> Lola, she, she hasn't got a, a real criminal record, does she, yet? I don't think so. No, she hasn't done anything really heinous. She could, be, she could vouch for him. So Phil decides, I'm going to go and smash up the call centre because I'm having this. I mean, 
I would too. I would too. That place needed redecorating, Emma. Needed redecorating. It had the stink. The stink <laughs> of Frank all over it. <laughs> <laughs> he leaves his scent wherever he goes. He's like a cat. Yes, it's terrible. <laughs> so, well, Jack's found some of. Well, some blood on uh, Kirat's van. And I thought there was a bit of a mix-up because Suki says, you won't go down for any, just a bit of Peter Beale's blood. And I was like, Peter's? And then we got flashbacks on online. Not on the episode, online. <laughs> so I was like, right, yes, it would have been Peter's blood, not Ian's. So now there's a bit more going on. Ben's up in the ante here. He's like, well, I know people in prison. Send some photos of Jags. Suki's still like, nah, I'm still going to get him done for this. I'm st- yeah. Kirat, however, is like, yeah, no, that's not happening. I'm going to just give Ben the footage and we're going to be friends and Jags will be safe. <laughs> I do love it because Suki's literally crazy. She's one of those people who will kamikaze into the enemy, isn't she? She's like, when I go, I tend to go for the jugular, Kirat. I'm like, yeah, but it's not good going for the drug life. You flip and go down with the creature, is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, you can be the most mightiest lion, but if you get trampled by the herd, like, it's not going to help anyone, is it? She loves her like, son that much that she's still going to go to the police about Ben's so and he's going to get hurt. Yes, I love it. She's like, it's all just bluster. Well, <laughs> you are gambling in quite a, quite a serious amount on the line here, Suki. <laughs> if you are wrong... Jags is going to be killed in prison. Like, nah, nah, that'll never happen. Then as soon as she sees the picture, she's like, oh, okay, I'll have to get on to your uncle. I was like, I hope it's not that uncle that you flipped and saw Oh, last no. Time. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what happened there. Yeah, no, I was like, well, he's, in, he's probably not the best person to ask. Detective Tina has arrived and she is hunting for a pizza guy. I mean, I loved it. I wanted like a, a whole intro just for Tina, you know, like a Miami, CSI Miami, <laughs> where like she just goes, it looks like it's going to be a cheesy sort of Monday. Put the glasses on. <laughs> Put the glasses on. <laughs> and then she's just like, Bow! <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and it just cuts to Tina, like look around corners and stuff. <laughs> who are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, can looks someone like, please make that? <laughs> looks like the delivery has been cancelled. <laughs> She's like walking into Grey's, looking yeah. out the windows, yeah. walking around the Vic. <laughs> Might even have a seat about going, it's just like opening Ian's store. Pushing Ian. Because so desperate to find out where this delivery guy is. <laughs> Ian hits the table. <laughs> and he always, it wouldn't be a, an intro if they didn't have like the, the comedical like screenshots of them, you know, the, the little comedic moments from the show as well. So she'll be there dressed as an elf or she'll be there, you know, like finding Sylvie going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, why have we just created a spin-off for Tina? <laughs> Her in the Albert. Fun times. Oh, yes. I love it. I just love, right, that Tina's entire storyline has gone from hating Ian wanting the Vic 
too suddenly detective. But it's just like a one-woman PI, and sure. I'm absolutely obsessed with her one criteria that she needs to find, and she asks Max. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Someone. Do you know someone? Oh, wait for it. Wait for it, guys. You might know this person. Do you know someone with a friendly face? Connor, I do. I do. I know who it is. Oh, my God. Is um, it me? It's you. Friendly face. A beard. That's that's me, isn't it? It's you. It's you. It's me. I delivered the pizza. How could you forget? I'll have to. I'll just get on the phone right now. Just get on the phone just right now. Just get on the phone. Hello, Tina. Oh, sorry. You've seen the pictures. <laughs> I've sent a friend. <laughs> 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 I'll just try somewhere else then, Max. As she goes off, she's called away. She's like, hello, wonder if I could just talk to the, about you, about who you employ, yeah? <laughs> I know there's data protection and stuff, but I just want to find out who's You the know op. that doesn't happen in Walford. There's no data protection. I mean, clearly. No. But she's distracted because, well, I mean, she's just saw Max and Linda, so, oh, gosh. So she goes and tells Mick, and Mick knows. <laughs> I mean, is my theory now starting to make a little bit more sense? Yes. That Ian ranted at Mick about Tina, about Linda's affair, and then Mick, in a rage, smacked him out of the head? I think it is. Seriously, if you're right, I'm going to be so proud. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm like, please be Mick. Please be Mick. Please be Mick. (laughs) Dotty walks around the corner. (laughs) I'll die. I'll die if it's Dotty. If they've given that storyline to Dotty. I'll be furious too. She's not even been on the square for like five minutes. She's like, you need to fight for Linda. You need to fight. And he's just not fighting. So she goes back home and it's just getting a whole lot worse. Grey is just sick. She's making a mess. She's just talking about death. I mean, we need to... We just need to I've just seen an episode of that because that's bizarre, isn't it? She's making a mess and talking about death. What? <laughs> Grey's house. Isn't it really like Grey's... Orphanage for wayward girls or something, isn't it? Like, they're all there. Everyone who's not got a home on the square is going there. It's unreal. I love it when he says he wants to have his kids back. And Shirley's (laughs) like, no, you can't. (laughs) I need somewhere to stay. Tina's got nowhere. No grey. Think of us. Us two strangers over your kids. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. No, you know, that doesn't make sense. Nothing says Christmas like having two random people living with you and sharing <laughs> your turkey. <laughs> That's the bit that you start sitting talking about Christmas and he's like, well, I guess we can still have a traditional Christmas. I'm like, traditional? I don't you've think got you can. Ex, you've got a, the ex-Carter woman. Like, you know, she's, she's been excommunicated by the Carters, essentially. Then you've also got her lesbian sister who used to work at the Albat until she got accused of beating her boss's son's head in. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that's a traditional Christmas Merry all over. Christmas, everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> but I just love this idea that Tina's like, hey, great, have you seen this? This person died of a heart attack. I didn't know if she was like just doing like that kind of thing, just randomly bringing things up, right? Or yeah. if it was all 
Ian related, but they're all talking about Ian. So I was so confused because <laughs> I was like, well, technically he's great. Not dead. I'm like, firstly, he's he's not dead. He was flatlining, though. He was flatlining True. a few times, True. a few times. Um, but Gray's on that case, so he kind of has to talk about it. Yes, but Emma, Tina talks about death all the time. All the time. Just, I just expected to cut to her. She's like just wearing like gothic makeup and stuff. And it's like, I hate the world and death is going to be a sweet release. <laughs> <laughs> I expected the way that he went on. It was as if she was like, you know, proper like into death, like obsessed with it. When he was talking about death, I was like, is it death metal? Is she suddenly into rock music? Like, what is this? We need more clarity. What is Tina talking about? Did she just go through all the dead residents? And she's like, he's dead, you know. She's dead too. And her. Yeah. Terrible what happened to her. Hit on the back of the head with a cigarette tray. I think she's on Ghosts of Walford. She's found it. Probably. And she can play it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Shirley decides to tell her about Grey. Um... Nelly burning the house down and killing his children. And <laughs> yes, nice Christmas story. Are we sure it's um, Tina who's obsessed with telling people about death? <laughs> I know. Mm. <laughs> and well, Tina is quite rightfully freaked out. Um, yes. She's very confused as to why Shirley is obsessed with Grey and that they're like best friends all of a sudden. And she's seeing signs. She's She's got Grey's card marked. She knows that she, because she was in an abusive relationship with Tosh, that he's showing a lot of these signs. And she remembers a little thing that Kirat said not so long ago and pays him a visit. Me and Emma off air have discussed another theory. We didn't know if we should talk about it on air. But I think now is the right time to talk about it. We all know Tina's leaving. We all know Tina's going to be leaving soon. And what better way for her to leave than be a crucial part of getting Grey convicted? To us, it seems almost like it's going to be a case of curiosity killed the cat, quite literally in this case, in the sense that Grey's gotten away with the murder of Chantel. But he may just slip up with Tina when he kills her. That is our theory. We'll have to just wait and see. Do you know how many wombs are out there just waiting for a baby to be put in them? Stuart does, because he's been doing his research. What a line to open with. What a line to open their story with this week. It sounds like something you were doing a pub quiz. Do you know? And how many wombs are currently out there in the world? Makes it sound like they're an exotic creature, doesn't it? I know. Well, Rainy's not happy with being prodded and poked anymore. And she runs off to the cafe. Sorry, that sounded very touchy while I just said that, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Rainy's poking and prodding days are far behind her. (laughs) I mean, like, I can understand why she doesn't like to be pushed and poked around this subject. I think there's something else going on, Emma. I think... Maybe it's something to do with why she was running all all that time in the dark, holding her coat. <gasps> <gasps> terrified, terrified that they'd find out that she didn't hit Ian. <laughs> I think it's something to do with that. And what might that thing be? Well, I'll give you a few clues, Emma. 
if you took a blood test, you might just find out. I did love it because as she flees to the calf, she basically gets like a third degree, doesn't she? She gets like analysed by like Mo, who just randomly interjects. I love the way she's like, so did you do it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tina wouldn't do it and Ben would have finished the job. And then when she leaves, I'd be guilty. (laughs) Why is Big Mo like everyone's nans? Big most everyone's not. You know where they'll be watching to be blooming disgusting. You can tell that they're guilty. Comes out that they're completely innocent. Yeah. I still think they're guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so we find out what Rainey was up to on the night in question. I mean, Emma, what can I say? I was disappointed to find out that Rainey has starred in one of the don't do drugs adverts and didn't even tell her uh, they starred in one of those nostalgic you know early 2000s maybe late 90s adverts that warned about drug use I mean it was wasn't it guys let's be honest the flickering lighter the, the chasing the dragon in the alleyway I was like I'm just expecting Grange Hill music to start playing and Sam would up yeah <laughs> bit before everyone's listening but Look it up. <laughs> just say no. 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 Just say no. Just say no. I just love it. You don't have to be part, part of the crowd. crowd. Just rainy there with that little flickering light <laughs> I mean, we've had I'll... the safety videos and now we've got these. I mean, it proper gave me a flashback to those old PCGSE or whatever it was called. Remember, whatever oh. it was called, where it was like, used to do drug awareness yes, and things. Yes, I know what you're on about. Um, and you had to watch them in school as well, the adverts yeah. and the little videos. And then oh, they had I love the... the little video. Oh, what was the thing called? Was it Frank or something? Yes, that's yeah. it. And they had those... they also had yeah. the advert with Pablo, the drug mule. I yes. remember that one from Frank. <laughs> yeah. It's like she starred in one of those. It was. She was like so glamorous as well. Mind you, it also gives like flashbacks to like horror films, you know, like where, where the lights have gone out and they can't, they can't find the lights. So they go, <laughs> <laughs> like with their like, like little light and they're desperately trying to flick it on. And then when it finally comes on, they go, because oh, it's something horrible. My Also, my first thought when she was flicking that light, I was like, really? That lighter has an enormous flame. Like you need to put that down. Like, <laughs> That, there's something wrong with that lighter. That's a dodge lighter, that. If you bought that from Pound Shop. Keep it away from your hair, love. Yeah. God, she never <laughs> watches any of those smoke and safety videos either. Well, Stuart's also a bit shifty. But Rainey said if he's battered Ian over the head, she couldn't love him anymore. I mean, <laughs> what's worse than attempted murder? Uh, well, the big one, Rainey. Murder. Yeah. Uh, you could always ask Peter. Can always ask Peter. He knows what's worse. (laughs) (laughs) So, as we theorised, if if any of you keen listeners were listening last week, we told you that we got a theory right and advised you to go back into the previous episode and listen. We did Did because we said two different things. We said that we thought that maybe he could have killed him, or if like he didn't kill him, but he's like hurt him. So technically, we're right on both. The only reason Stuart would be burning clothes would yeah. be if Callum had done something and gotten blood on it, or if Stuart had killed the dodgy DI. That is the exact words that came out. And then I go, 
but I don't think he's done that. Yeah. Well, guess what, Connor? Guess what? <laughs> you were right the first time because Stuart has killed the dodgy DI. Very anticlimactic way to kill him as well, by the way. I mean, we all know the truth, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I loved his flashback. It was so anticlimactic. It was like, oh, oh. And, and it, it was, was clearly dead. someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And it's the way he says, um, oh, he's in the freezers. And I was thinking, so, hear me out. Callum says later, the DI was spotted at a disciplinary hearing. Stuart remembers putting him in the freezers. Now, we've said there's more than one of this DI. Are they, A, watering them and making new ones and there's more out and about? Oh, is it B? They're like the baby aliens. Put them in the freezers, back to back. Listen of one. <laughs> I think you're right, Emma. I think they stuck him in that freezer and another one popped out. Because there's no way. If he got out that freezer, wouldn't he be naked? So he's just running down the streets yes! naked. <laughs> this is what I love. The naked DI. Because, <laughs> by the way, Stuart stripped him of his clothes. Burnt them. The naked DI <laughs> just toddled off out of her funeral parlour. <laughs> Also, if it's anything like those freezers at the Vic, there's no do- there's no handle on the inside. So how he got out, I don't know. Uh-huh. Can I just say as well, would he not have frozen to death yeah. if he was in the freezer for that long? But then later on, Stuart says that he put him in the coffin, but there was no one in there. So how did he get out of that? Because wouldn't that be sealed shut? Oh my god! I don't yeah. know. I'm confused because he said he left him in the freezer, and then suddenly he wasn't in the freezer. He was in the coffin, but he wasn't in the coffin. And wouldn't that change? Like, you know, when you you pick it up. I've never picked one up, so I don't know. But I'm <laughs> assuming a coffin lifter. <laughs> I'm assuming it would be slightly heavier with a body in. Yes. It How would did be they not heavy. notice? And why? It's like this is a lot of questions. <laughs> and why, when Callum says, "Oh, I'll get Ben to sort out the car," why were they nervous? Because why would Ben look in the coffin? Because Ben's not going to go watch Yeah, better. that's odd, isn't it? Like, <laughs> but I'll see, I'll see you in here. you got back here, then. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, I don't want to start theorising again, right? But okay. I can't help it at that. So I'm just going to start theorising anyway. We only know that the DI showed up at the disciplinary because Callum said a mate told him. Yeah. What if that mate's like Ben or Jay? Like, what if... Someone else in that funeral parlour, like Jay, found that body in the freezer, dead, and Ben had to cover it up. Ah, uh, that's that's good. That's clever. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe then that mate was someone like Jack Brennan. Someone else. Someone else who has to work for the Mitchells from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, perhaps. <laughs> Grey. <laughs> Square mm. works for them. I feel like Cal- Callum's literally the only person who's given that information. We have no confirmation that he is dead or alive. We only have Stuart's opinion and Callum's. He could be dead. Could still be dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, as we I said earlier. Hopeful. I think I'm just being hopeful because I don't want Balam to get ruined by that horrible <laughs> DI. Who's going to attend the house parties? Who's going to attend the murder cases, the attempted murder cases? 
the smallest little things like a noise complaint. Who's going to be there now? <gasps> Truly one of the best. <laughs> he was a hard worker. He was everywhere. But as we say, he could just be getting made into a new one right now. There could be enough one walking around and you just, True. just don't know. True. They're everywhere. Either that, either that or he's been buried in the allotments by Doc Martin. Linda is all dressed up for work. Like, for a night out more than work. <laughs> you would pick up on that. <laughs> and she says, well, it's Max's day off and... It definitely wasn't Max's day off because Max was well and truly there. And with a tape in hand from his old band, he played the keyboards on. I was like, all right, Derek, calm yourself. I mean, calm down. Don't you be coming for Derek's game. <laughs> Don't you be coming for Derek's game, love. I mean, I love this whole thing because Linda's like all dressed up. Like you say, she's, she's wearing like a flipping designer dress. I've never seen anything like it. It's like not something you would get from flipping Topshop or like new look, is it? It's like something proper designer. <laughs> She's like, it's just for, for a shift down at, uh, you know, just down at Wolford East. It's it's nothing really. Just a shift. Just my just my work clothes. I'm like, come on, Linda. They're your work clothes. Where's the oversized shirt that never fits anyone? Oh, uh-huh. Where's those baggy trousers? Baggy trousers. Baggy trousers. <laughs> I always think, why did they not have a uniform at Walford East? I know it's weird that they that don't. That seems like a place you should have a uniform. Yeah. I mean, I did love it because it's like you say, Max was meant to be having his day off. Is he one of those weirdos who comes into work to pest other people who are, like, working? Oh, yeah, that's weird. Not That's weird, yeah. isn't it? So, yes, uh, Max is playing Linda, his uh, old tape, and she is so excited. They're flirting, they're listening, Tina's watching. Not happy at all. Meanwhile, Mick has gone the Vic with Katie Lewis and she believes... Sorry, Mick... who? <laughs> Wait, Emma. Did you just say... Katie Lewis? I had to use her full name. I had to. <laughs> Everyone else does. <laughs> well, Katie Lewis believes that Michael Carter should move away... <laughs> She always calls him in. It's annoying. <laughs> Michael Carter. <laughs> Michael Carter. Say <laughs> oh. <laughs> like the worst impression, but I love it. <laughs> I love your impression. She believes Michael Carter. <laughs> she believes Michael Carter, or should we say Michael Carter? <laughs> should move away and live a new life away from Linda. I don't think there could be an ulterior motive in this at all. So naturally, naturally, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Walford should be afraid. And that means it's time for Max to have a joke. He loves a joke around Christmas. He loves a Christmas joke. What's he doing this year? Uh, Is he mean... undressing Big Boo? You never guess what he's doing this year. He's done it before. I don't know why. I'm not entirely sure why he thinks we should do this one again. But, you know... It's not another Stacey one, is it? It's not another sleeping with Stacey when she's already married to someone else, is it? Oh, well, no, actually. So, it's an old present, but he's wrapped it up new. Ooh. So, it's got a bit of a twist, Ooh. this one. It's got a bit... Is he throwing his other children off of the roof? Oh, but now I'm thinking he might... He can do that any time of year. Does that any time. So, 
hear it out. We'll see what you think of this. So what he's going to do is, this Christmas, it is going to be another affair. But remember, just a joke, just a joke. Okay, just a joke. Right? It's not really cheating on anyone. No, no. Just a joke. And actually, the twist, the twist. He's single this time round. I know, so technically it's only on the other end. And it's with, not Stacey, Linda, Linda Carter. Wait, do you mean the wife of Michael Carter? (laughs) 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 I mean, I'm just half expecting, like, you know, Linda to send an Irish bloke round to Mix to say, listen, she's got the text. She's not happy. She wants a bit of Max now. I mean, I do feel it for Mick because his life is just spiralling out of control and, like, he's just watching it deteriorate. And Linda is desperately seeking, like, affection from him and then is being, like, spurned, which then drives her into the arms of Max. Who then is like waiting there, like flipping TikTok the croc, isn't he? From like Peter Pan, he's like, <laughs> he's rubbing his hands with Lee and I love it, his right? mouth wide. He's like on the prowl as soon as like there's a bit of drama in the marriage, and he's yeah, and he's like got the house to myself tonight. If you want to, you know, try it out because we haven't had more than a couple of minutes together. You know, we've got to try this before you buy this kind of thing. Yeah, trial. <laughs> Trial run for 14 days. No, literally, it was like he was on getting Amazon Prime. It was like, right, yeah. it's a trial. And Just he, like, how many can I get, though? Can I get a few extras? <laughs> Did you notice, right, he said Jack and the kids are out? Well, firstly, Ricky's always out. Where is Ricky? Ricky's always out. Ricky's still at that nursery. I swear he's like haunting the place now. <laughs> but secondly, why are Jack and the kids out all night? Where are they? Yeah, where's even Auburn? We just decided to go to the cinema. <laughs> All well, night. cinema's been shut for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> so Max has got the whole place to himself until tomorrow afternoon. Where are they? Where are they? Do you know how we need to get on this case? <laughs> I mean, to me, this sounds like <gasps> a case of I know. a runaway baby. Wow! <laughs> Who are you? Who, 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 who? Is that Tina I see opening the door? Yeah, there she is looking around the corners. Where's Ricky? Where's Where's Jack? Where's Jack? She really wants no. I mean, I just I love it because Katie Lewis weirdly has decided to invade every part of Mick's life, including his marriage, to give him advice. It's over. It's over. I don't know why this strange woman who've not seen for 20 years is the one qualified to give you that sort of advice. Did he let her in? Or did she just walk in? Because I don't I remember... I swear to God, she walked in, you know. Yeah, she just comes in, doesn't she? Don't you See, need a she's buzz? She's got powers. She's got powers, Emma. She's just walked through the door. Oh, right. She's like, Michael Carter. <laughs> just walked through the door. <laughs> Do you think Laura programmed her? <laughs> yes. Because Laura used well, to just walk in, I didn't think... you? I think we all know why Katie's got this much power. You see, she's the other side of the coin with someone special on the other side from Katie. The opposite, you may say. The <laughs> the light to Katie's darkness. She goes by many names. 
But currently, she's known as Agnes. Agnes of Redwater. (laughs) (laughs) See, whenever Agnes gets weaker, Katie gets stronger. That's why we need to bring Agnes back. (laughs) (laughs) She's always... She always sends someone ahead of her. So you know when Agnes is watching. Because she sends... (laughs) She sends a little Irish guy to tell you that he's seen the videos. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not happy. He's not happy. happy. I mean, I love it because she just like starts snooping through all the stuff. And she's like, oh, is this this one of yours? Is this one of yours? Where's Chanel? Of course it's one of his. What else are you going to have on the wall? Yeah, he's just randomly got... (laughs) <laughs> strangers pictures. It's like the scene out of um, what do you call it? The um, Ashton and Miriam's Wall of Faces. Do you remember? <laughs> we used to have loads of pictures of people we never met, never. <laughs> and they've still got them up. Ikra not took them down. I love that. <laughs> like Ikra doesn't know a soul on there, but she loves their photos. She loves them. They're very, very nice pictures. <laughs> That's actually what your nan would do, isn't it? Like buy a picture from a second-hand shop. And like be like, oh, but it's got a lovely photo in it, <laughs> yeah. so I'll keep it. We get an update, don't we? We get an update. Nancy. Nancy's in New Zealand. I think she's got the right idea. She was over there before Corona hit once. She, Do you think she's, like, she's helping Lauren out because no one's asked how Lauren is or if the house is, if she's got a yeah. new house? Because, you know, her house is burnt down. I didn't think the fire was in her house. I thought it was in the disco. Fire <laughs> in the disco. Fire in, in the, the gates of hell. <laughs> Don't you want to know why we keep starting fires? <laughs> it's our desire. Danger, it's danger. Sure. High voltage. <laughs> when we touch. <laughs> and when we kiss. Danger, danger. High voltage. High voltage. <laughs> Maybe it's like a thing over there that like they're, they're going to have to sort out. You know, like they need like an electrician to go around everyone's houses and just sort it out because... I mean, clearly the high voltages have, have really done an uproar on Lauren's place. Have you noticed they all go to New Zealand? Yeah, I know. It's it the new place. It used to be Portugal. That... Portugal's yeah. like out the window. It's New Zealand now. It was always... I, I blame Brexit, Emma. It used to always oh. be Europe-based, wasn't it? It was always like, you know, Spain, Portugal. They were the two places. Maybe Ibiza. Maybe Ibiza. But now it's always like America, New Zealand. I mean, it's a... Very sad, isn't Emma? Very sad. <laughs> I miss Portugal. I miss Portugal. I miss my villa in Portugal. So, Linda walks in while Katie Lewis is round and um, she says, it's nice to finally meet the famous Katie Lewis, <gasps> who is the mother of the also famous Frankie Lewis. Linda listens, Linda listens. Linda listens to us. Linda does. She's just got to be. Kelly Bright, if you're listening, love you. <laughs> <laughs> I said that so sincerely there. Like It was almost like I was actually proposing to her. I know. Like, I was really taken aback by that. Yeah, I just like looked in Emma's eyes there and I just went, love you. <laughs> <laughs> and as Katie's there and messing with Mick's life, and Linda is taken back by the wonder of Katie Lewis, Mick decides he's going to make Linda feel special. He's going to make her feel good and he's going to sing her praises. She's the best mother ever. So Linda decides to go tidy up Ollie's room. 
wearing one of her just her normal tidying up outfits. Just one of her normal tidying up outfits. <laughs> it's a bit like a work outfit, spe- you know. It's a bit like a work outfit. Yeah, nothing special. I no. mean, it still looks like it was on a runway somewhere, like Milan. <laughs> but <laughs> nothing special. Nothing special. Just a little bit of a, you know, she's wearing a Louis Vuittons as well. <laughs> nothing special, though. Just Hair's all done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then, like, it's really sad because they start to, like, have a moment of passion. And but, sadly. Yeah, one one nearly kiss later and she's she's off to see Max. It was very movie-esque. Oh, I didn't like it. I, I was, didn't like it. There was like shadows. There was music. There was longing looks. There was... Obviously, they can't do the whole thing. I get that. Um, because yes. you can't touch someone you don't live with. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, Kelly, can you just go live with her? It's going to Now, you. contractually, we're going to have you live with these people who you've dated in the show. You're going to have to kiss them really and you're gonna have to basically live like you're in a relationship with them (laughs) (laughs) so they've done everything at every other kind of scene that you could get the idea of what's about to happen so you see them walk up the stairs you see two hands holding that are clearly other people's hands holding because they they wouldn't have been allowed to we know that yes shadows like yeah so it's very movie-esque well i'm a maybe guilty pleasure but i'll admit it I'm a fan of Lax, right? I'm I a am. fan of Lax. I, I There's mean, something about them. The, the chemistry was off the scale. I like it. I like However, it. However, song choice, not a fan. No, same, same. Not a fan. It did not set the mood. Do you no. know what I would have liked, Emma? Do you know what I would have liked? It's Christmas, right? It's Christmas. Oh. You need a Christmassy song. Yes. But you also need something that's a bit sexy and a bit about love and stuff. So, Frankie Goes to Hollywood... Power of love. Oh, that, yes. 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 I wouldn't have worked so much better. I yes. was watching going, where's Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Uh, like, come on, come on. Oh, even that cover by that girl who used to do the advert. I can't remember what advert was, but she was on piano. And um, she used to do like a slow, a little bit of a so saucy number of, of it. And it was great. It would have been perfect for that. Yes. And you could have cut back and forth between Linda and Max and, and Mick. I would have liked that. I like the shadows and stuff. I thought oh, that yeah. was a really inventive like, way to do it. That's what I'm saying, because obviously they can't do anything because of social distancing. Yeah. They've done, the way they've done it was very well. Now it's time for Slapping Dan. And it's quite obvious this week, it's Katie Lewis. Who did you say? Did you say Katie Lewis? I mean... Every week, she seems to be trying to destroy another fraction of, like, Michael Carter's life. She's always just trying to sabotage his life. It's absolutely horrific. I hate her. Like, obviously, I don't hate the actress. Hate the character, though. She's horrible. Our hero this week is Peter Beale. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a controversial one here, guys. So bear with us. <laughs> I mean, he was just delivering some home truths. He kind of was, and that's why I can't be angry at him this week. Yes, he did a wrong, blaming Kathy for, like, basically the entirety of the Beale's misfortune. But he did say a few home truths. He said that where was she, like, when she was faking her death, which me and Emma have been saying since, you know, we started this podcast. Like, we love Kathy, but she's got to come down from this pedestal. She's done bad things herself. Then 
he, you know, basically pointed out how Ian's to blame for global warming, coronavirus, um, <laughs> sealing uh, Lucy's funds, all of it, and we're great. Um, and then the final bit was when everyone else was acting crazy and demanding Peter be friends with Bobby <laughs> and asking why he wasn't. Peter just delivered the best line ever. He killed my twin! And it was like, <laughs> yes, someone's finally said it. And honestly, Kelly's face was like, yeah, but, and? Like, that was kind of the expectation, wasn't it? Because he's trying. He's really trying. <laughs> he's trying, Emma. He's really trying. And everyone should remember that. Listen, we forgive Bobby, but Peter doesn't have to, guys. And that's why he's our hero of the week. So as Peter is our hero of the week, we will be rating out with Peter's. And this week, we are giving the episodes, drum roll, five Peter's. I mean, it's been a slow build up, but we've gotten there. We've gotten to those great moments. And I think there was loads going on in this week that me and Emma would have loved to talk about, Denise and things like that. But we just didn't have enough time to actually do that. And instead, I have to just say, the stuff we focused on was some of the best parts in this week. They were. They were some of the most gripping and most fun. I was like, the Stuart stuff had me howling. It was like, a, a you know, slapsticky and funny and stuff. The stuff with Mick was really gripping and, and like dark. The stuff with Tina again, funny, light. It had everything this week. Everything. I loved it. There was loads of good duff duffs. There was loads of shock moments, funny moments. It had the right mixture. And it's so close to Christmas now in the delivering five stars. For oh, us, they are. it's great. They are. Everyone who's in the show. It was a really good week. And yes, it totally deserves five Peters. Guess who? 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 Now it's time to play a little game we call Guess Who? Where me and Emma have a bunch of pictures in front of us of various characters from EastEnders history. And we have to pick one and the other person has to guess who that person is that we picked. It's very simple. (laughs) (laughs) And because it's Christmas, I've made this one a little bit more Christmassy themed. There are some Christmas characters in here. There are some wonderful, wonderful versions of the characters that we would not normally have in a normal Guess Who. Such as Dying Phil. Keep him away from me, Tan. And he's your brother, Shirl. So, without further ado, Emma, let's begin. Hmm, what to ask Emma first? Did you own a snow globe? I did not own a snow globe. Right, so you're not Archie. Okay. Did you play a prank on your family at Christmas time and it was just a joke? I did not play a prank at Christmas time. Not Max then. No, and I'm sure the prank was still funny. (laughs) Did you get gravy poured over your head at Christmas? 
I did not get gravy poured over my head. I put it over my dinner. Okay, so you're not you're not gravy more then. Okay, I'll cross that off. Did you receive a washing machine one Christmas? I did not receive a washing machine. You are not dot. <laughs> did you have a serious liver condition that was almost killing you to the point where you were bedridden but miraculously recovered? I did not have a serious liver condition. Okay, so you're not dying, Phil, then? Did you just wish they waited until after dinner? (laughs) (laughs) I wish that I had, but I haven't. (laughs) Unfortunately, I am not. For once in your selfish, selfish lives, Chrissy. (laughs) Did you perhaps play a piano? One Christmas. I did not play the piano one Christmas. There's only one man who can do that and lead the real thing. He's the music man. Did you have a breakdown one Christmas and throw the table and pretty much everything else? Unfortunately, no, I'm not Arthur Fowler. Was it you? Was it Derek? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not Derek. Okay, so I'll I'll cross him off. Is he your boy? Or is he Shirley's boy instead? Unfortunately, I have no boys. (laughs) I am not Mick Carter, nor am I. Sylvie, did you by any chance climb up on the Vic roof and take a tumble with your sister? I did. Well, this is very interesting, guys, because so did I. (laughs) I'm Abby. I'm Abby too. (laughs) Oh, my God, the hive mind. It's still strong. It's still strong. Yeah. Coming to a screen near you soon by E20. CSI Tina. Who are you? Who, 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 who? Join us and watch as Tina uncovers the greatest mysteries on earth, such as who was the delivery guy with a friendly face and a beard? Who are you? Who, 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 who? Don't miss out on the greatest detective drama since Detective Denise. Who are you? Who, 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 who? I really want to know. Happy Christmas, Ange.